You're listening to the Burn Youth Podcast. We hope this message encourages and challenges you to live for Jesus. Let's get into it. How's everyone feeling tonight? Good. Good, good. Well, we are tonight, we are sitting down, getting comfy. Um, We are talking about the last part of our dating, relating, and mating series. Whoa. 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 Steamy. (laughs) Steamy. So what I want you to do is I want you to turn to your neighbor and I want you to say sex. You're allowed to say that word. (laughs) And I want you to turn to your other neighbor and say mating. (laughs) Ooh. (laughs) Awesome. Now we got all the awkward stuff out of the way so you can just listen (laughs) And actually get something out of what we're talking about. Sex, 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 sex. <laughs> tonight Ooh without la la. going right in the face. Okay. You know, like <coughs> um, this is a relevant topic, right? If you have not already um, been exposed to what the world thinks of sex. <laughs> did you think that was going somewhere else? No, no, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you have not already been exposed to what the world thinks of sex or what's going on um, for some of your friends or what is normal everywhere else, then at some point while you're a teenager, I'm sure you will be, right? And so the purpose of tonight is to teach you and tell you about what God says about sex and the purpose and what it's designed for and um, so that you know what God's intention was, right? Because the world's picture is very different. But before we get into that stuff tonight, we have our young adults pastors at church, Grace and Joel Steenbergen. Hello. Hello. Come on, put your hands together for them. <laughs> so they're gonna be they're gonna be helping us out tonight. We thought it was only fit to have another another married couple yes. up here. And they have a baby, which is proof that they have had sex. They, they yes. <laughs> they have two actually. Only once, but no, just kidding. Oh yeah, another one coming on the way. Yeah, that's true. So just they've once. had sex twice. Twice. <laughs> twice. Sorry, twice, yes. <laughs> Cool, cool. All right. Fantastic. Tonight, I think the best place to start is from the beginning. So from the beginning is God, right? God was in the beginning and God created all things, which means, believe it or not, that God created sex. God created sex. And so, um, Hamish, I want you to start us off tonight. We're talking about what God's plan and design was for sex. Okay, okay, good question, good question. Before I start, before I start, can I get a show of hands? Who is uncomfortable with this topic right now? Let's be real. Come on, anyone? Okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm worried. No, you, I'm know, just... you, know, you know what? <laughs> the fact that you're uncomfortable is proof that we need to talk about this in the church. Come on. Yeah. Because what happens is kids your age, they grow up feeling uncomfortable about talking about sex. They feel awkward asking their mom and dad like questions about it and it becomes this taboo topic and there becomes shame around it. And the problem with shame is if you can't talk about something, you can't deal with it. So let's say you'd never, you never talk to your parents about sex and it's just an awkward conversation that you never want to have. Then what happens if you happen to stuff up in that sort of area? Who can you turn to? Who can you talk to? Because it's a shame topic. It's a topic of taboo. And so that's why we want to talk about it tonight. Because like you said, Meg, 
God does have a design for sex. Sex is not an evil thing. It's not an evil thing. God made it. God made it and he has a plan and purpose for you regarding sex. Now, it sounds weird now because you're 11, you're 12, and that's, that's far off in the future. And that's true. It is far off in the future. But it's important that we talk about things now because stats say that kids as young as 10 are being exposed to sexually uh, graphic content. Um, and kids are getting addicted to things that they shouldn't be getting addicted to. And so we want to help you guys. We want to talk about this in a godly way. So what's the purpose of sex? God made sex for reproduction, baby. God made sex <laughs> so that you can have babies. That's the first reason why God made sex. Oi, I'm not going to explain to you how it happens. Go ask your parents. But <laughs> in Genesis chapter 9, God says twice to Noah, right? So remember, God floods the earth. Uh, like it, all the animals are destroyed. God says to Noah... Um, he said, as for you, be fruitful and increase in number, multiply on the earth and increase upon it, right? Be fruitful, multiply, have sex, make babies, make families, right? It's part of God's plan for you and for me. It was part of God's plan for Meg and I that we were to have Jones. It's part of God's plan for these guys that they would have Albie and their new baby coming in November. Come on. And... God, God's design for sex, he wants sex to be for reproduction because God loves people. He wants more people in the world. More people we can bring into the world, more people can start to follow God, more people can be in heaven, right? Mm. Um, yeah, so that's the first reason why we have sex. Sex is for reproduction. Second, sex is for intimacy and enjoyment within marriage. What? You're allowed to enjoy sex? Sex isn't just for... Let me tell you, young kids, your parents didn't just have sex to make you and your siblings. <laughs> they also have sex for fun. God created sex because it's meant to be enjoyable and beneficial for married couples. For husbands and wives, it's meant to be something that um, enriches their relationship, that brings them together. That makes them feel closer and more connected. And so in a married context between a husband and wife, sex is for enjoyment. It's for pleasure. It's for fun. In 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 7, it says this. First, it's a good thing to have sexual... Is it a good thing to have sexual relationship, relations? Certainly, but only within a certain context, right? So sex is only a good thing in a certain context. It's good for a man to have a wife and for a woman to have a husband. Sexual, des sexual desires are strong, but marriage is strong enough to contain them and provide for a balanced and fulfilling sexual life in a world of sexual disorder. So often our sexual desires, they can be too much for us to handle. Going through puberty, growing up, you might have some feelings, right? Towards someone of the opposite gender. But if you act on those feelings before you're married, it can be dangerous. Whereas in a married context between a husband and wife, sex is a fulfilling thing. It's an enjoyable thing. It's an it's a enriching thing. And it's actually a healthy thing. Uh, 
Proverbs 5, Proverbs 5, 18 to 19. Actually, Pastor Meg put this in the content. <laughs> Proverbs 5, 18, 19 says this. Let your wife be a fountain, a fountain of blessing for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. She is a loving deer, a graceful doe. Let her breasts satisfy you always. May you always be captivated by her love. <laughs> okay, I said breasts. I know, right? But basically, that's scripture. That's God's word. And that's depicting a loving relationship between a husband and wife. And they enjoy each other. They spend time with each other. And they have sex to enrich their relationship. That's why sex is all about love. Sex is not just a thing that you do um, just to gratify yourself. Sex is about love. That's why you might have heard sex be referred to as making love. It's meant to be between a husband and a wife who love each other so deeply that they just have to have sex to just it, sex is a uh an expression of how much they love each other cool that's all i have to say on that <laughs> <laughs> cool. all right well yeah so that is the summary of, of the purpose but i guess what is relevant to you guys right now you're like okay well that's well that's well and good but you know i am not married and and uh, I don't want to know what's going on with my parents. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what the relevant question is for you tonight then is if that's God's design, right? Other than that, we're Christians and we're trying to follow God's ways, right? Why is it so important that we wait? Why is it so important that we stay within the context, as that scripture said, that we stay within the context? of using sex for what it was designed and what it was purposed. So, Grace, why, as a young person, why should we wait? Why is it worth waiting? Yeah, definitely. There are a few reasons that I want to um, chat to you guys tonight about. Um, but while I'm doing that, actually, does anyone want to come do this for me? It's nothing scary, I promise. If not, I'll get Hamish to do it. Anyway, it's like awesome. yeah. Thanks, Ruben. Ruben. it's safe. Come on, it's, it's G-rated. Yeah, it's, it's okay, all Ruben, good. you're just going to glue those pieces of of paper together for me. Thank you. What a legend! Awesome. <laughs> I just, just find it hard with one hand. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> back to what we're talking about. Um, one of the reasons is that the two become one, right? And the Bible makes it very clear in those first couple of chapters in Genesis. Um, when God makes Eve from Adam and he presents her to Adam and then he's, um, he, you know, Adam says, this woman is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. And it goes on to say in Genesis 2 verse 24, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife and the two are united into one. The two become one. And sex joins two people together as one. Awesome. Thank you very much. You can sit back Come down. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, give him a hand. Um, it brings two people together and it's not just a physical intimacy, right? It's not just two people coming together physically. It's, it's mental. And I'm not going to go into the details, but the chemicals in the brain, right, released are actually – bring bonding and intimacy and love, right? So it's it's mental, it's emotional, 
okay, because it's meant to be about love, it's emotional and it's spiritual because it's designed by God. So when you are joining, it's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, like that's everything, right? And so I'm going to come back to this in a second because um, I just, I, I need this in a second. Okay. But um, that's number one, the two become one. And I'll come back to that. But the second thing is that our bodies are a temple. Our bodies are a temple for the Holy Spirit and are to honour God. And so 1 Corinthians 2 verse 18 to 20 says, Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Don't you realise that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price. So you must honour God with your body. And when we're having sex outside of the design that God had for it, has for it, and outside of what God wants it to be, then it's not honouring him and it's not honouring him with our bodies. Um, You know, again, 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 3 to 5 says, God's will is for you to be holy, so stay away from all sexual sin. Then each of you will control his own body and live in holiness and honour, not in lustful passion like the pagans who do not know God and his ways. All right, we're to honour God with our bodies and our bodies are a temple and that's having sex within the confines and the design that God created it to be. And the third reason is that sex is for your spouse. The Bible makes it very clear that sex is for the person we're meant to be with forever. Mm-hmm. And so um, in Proverbs 6, it actually, um, verse 20 to 26, there's this scripture and it talks about, um, it starts saying, my son, obey your father's commands, obey your mother's instructions. They will lead to life. They will guide you, etc., etc." Right, but it goes on to say that it will keep you from the immoral woman, from the smooth tongue of a promiscuous woman. It says, don't lust for beauty. Don't let her coy glances seduce you or his ladies. Um, It says, for a prostitute will bring you poverty, but sleeping with another man's wife will cost you your life. That's serious. Sleeping with another man's wife will cost you your life. And 1 Corinthians 7 verse 1 to 4, which I think Hamish mentioned, but it says, um, regarding the questions you asked in your letter, yes, it is good to abstain from sexual relations, but because there is so much sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman should have her own husband. The husband should fulfil his wife's sexual needs and the wife should fulfil her husband's needs. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Um, If you're having sex outside of marriage, that means the person you are having sex with is not your wife and is not your husband. And the Bible makes it very clear that that is sex is for our husband or our wife. Not only that, the person that you're having sex with could is somebody else's future husband or wife, Mm. right? So essentially you could be sleeping with someone else's husband or wife. Not only that, it also means that in the future when you do find your spouse and and someone you want to settle down with, then 
you also have all these topics of conversation and um, it can get complicated, you know. You have to then talk about your past, who you've been with, um, how you've been hurt, how they were hurt and all these things come up, not to mention you then also have to take into consideration how that might make your future husband or wife feel, right? So there's so many different things under that one that... Are important to consider. But what I'm going to do is, Joel, can you just tear those two pieces of paper apart? Okay, so I took two, we took two pieces of paper, right? <laughs> and they became one. <laughs> yeah, we do. Anyway, if not, I'll explain it. Yeah, cool. Okay, and show wow. everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Whoa. right? Two became one. But the thing is, it's not so easy to then separate them. And when things go wrong in a relationship and um, there's sex involved, you leave parts of yourself, right, yeah. mm. behind with that person. And you leave, you, you end up hurt, they end up hurt, you end up feeling broken, heartbroken. And when yeah. things are done outside of God's design, we end up heartbroken from it. We end up we end up a mess. We end up having to sort out our lives. And I'm not like I'm not saying there's not grace for that because we serve a loving and a gracious and yeah. a merciful God, okay? And he can restore you and he loves you. And so there is no condemnation. Mm-hmm. But um you know, if this, this stopping from doing it beforehand can stop all this pain and hurt. Um, Like I said, when you join, you're joining mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally and in all those areas, the effects that you can get hurt and leave behind. Um, And so, yeah, (laughs) I think that answers it because Mm. the two become one and that has implications for when – it doesn't work out or things go wrong or you separate. Mm. Your body's a temple and is designed to honour God and sex is for your spouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, awesome. So good. Yeah, well, there is – can I tell you, young people, there is the, – the world would say that sexual freedom is to be able to sleep with whoever you want to sleep with, to be able to – Sleep around to be able to have multiple sexual partners and that's what sexual freedom looks like. But there is no bigger freedom that you'll have in your sex life than with your spouse when you're married. That is the only place that trust and freedom truly exists in that way. That is the only place that you will find it. Like Grace said, it can be so damaging to to align yourself with what the world would say about freedom in that area because it's not what God says about freedom in that area. Awesome. So, well, we've talked about the purpose and we've talked about why it's so important to wait, but what does that mean? What does waiting look like? What do you do in the in the meantime? You know, how do you set yourself up as a young person for a win in your married life? Right, and so Joel, can you talk to us a bit about that tonight? How do we set ourselves up for a win? Yeah, cool. Let's do that, eh? Uh, <laughs> it's so good to be back at youth. I remember doing all these sort of nights so many times in the past, and <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. So let's get into it. So, um, <clears throat> so setting ourselves up for a win. I think the thing is with us, like we're all created for intimacy. Like, like if you think about the one thing that all people want 
is intimacy. And that's not, not, not just sex, but is that, mm. that is to be known by mm. someone, yeah. for someone to truly know us. And, and God is the same. God truly knows us and he wants us to have intimacy with him. Mm. But with, with marriage, um, when we get married and we have sex, that is like that final step in intimacy where, where, we, where the two becomes one. So it's about putting in, um, yes. Yeah, set. How do we set things up so um, we can we can win? You know, with with that. So it's very it's quite easy. But like when the vision is clear, the ro- the results appear. So it's kind of like if it's about you making that decision to say, no, I'm not going to have sex until I'm married. Or when you do enter into a relationship, and that that is a really special time when you do that. But having that very honest conversation from the start Mm -hmm. about what the vision is as in why are we actually dating is it because it feels good Mm -hmm. because what I've learned in my life right if it feels good do it is the worst advice you'll ever get right (laughs) it's just the wrong way to go whereas if you have a vision as in like hey like the reason I'm dating is because I want to find a person that I'll spend the rest of my life with Mm -hmm. not because they're a trophy or I want to be seen as cool Mm-hmm. Um, or, or that I need someone to be complete. You know, you need God to be complete. You don't need some, someone that, that comes later. Mm-hmm. So it's about having, having that conversation right from the start about what are the expectations of this relationship or what, or what your vision is for how you want to live your life and, and get married in, in that. So that's kind of where you start with. They're the boundaries whether we kind of put in place or the boundaries that we, we live by from what it says in the Bible are not just rules, yeah. right? They, they, that's a way that we respect the other person in our relationship. The, uh, the person that you, you, you do, will uh, you know, end up dating, um, they're not just a person that's there to fulfill your needs. They're an incredible gift from God. Mm. They are a gift from God. And they're not there to fulfill your needs or to feel to make you feel good. They are a gift. And because if we go in with that attitude um, that they are there to fulfill my needs, as soon as they stop doing that, then what use do you have for them? That's not how a relationship works. It's about they are a gift from God and respecting that and having a plan for that. It's, um, every, you know, if you've hung around enough around me, I have this saying and I use it all the time in the creatives and I've used it in the young adults, but the discipline creates freedom, right? It sounds like, how's that actually work? But it's kind of like, you know, you eat good food, you're healthy. You know what I mean? If you do all your homework as soon as you get home, then you have all this free time to actually enjoy. If you, you know what I mean? Like if you practice an instrument, you can actually do things when the moment, like you can actually get better and, and, and enjoy it. And it's the same with um, your dating life, with, with uh, your road to marriage, that being disciplined creates the freedom. Now being, being, having these boundaries in place, having these uh, disciplines to say no, this is what we're going to do. So when you actually step into your marriage, you have true freedom because mm-hmm. you're not That's dealing right. with the, the train wreck that you left behind that you're bringing into your marriage. Yeah. Um, as Grace was kind of saying that, you know, if you do have that sort of um, uh, sexual, you, know, you have sexual encounters along the way, you bring that in your marriage. Mm-hmm. That's something that you, you like, you have to sit down with your future wife or husband and you actually talk about that there is no secrets in a marriage it is hard and you bring that in and you have to deal with it Mm 
So the discipline creates freedom. That's why it's there. It's to live a life and live in what God has truly created for us. Yeah. Um, the next section, so that, that was all about setting our boundaries and expectations. The next setting is our purity of heart and mind. Um, we need to be careful what we allow ourselves to see and what we are exposed to because I don't know if you noticed, like everything is always trying to grab our attention. Uh, Hollywood and the movies and all that stuff um, set quite an unrealistic expectation of what uh, romance is like, mm -hmm. especially like all those rom-coms. It's <laughs> not like that. Some, there's parts of it that there is, but not every day, right? <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> but <coughs> we really need to be careful what we allow into our lives. It's kind of like, you know how, uh, you, you know, you want to buy something, right? So you look at like a PlayStation 5 or you look at some sort of uh, like um, makeup or your car or something like that and you go, okay, you kind of let, you look at that and then all of a sudden you're more aware of it and then it comes up on your phone and then you're driving, you're like, oh, I've seen that car, I saw that car, I see that car, I see that car. We've got to be really careful when it comes to uh, inappropriate material, inappropriate relationships and things like that that we see on social media that we are exposed to. What that happens is um, they'll become more prevalent. They'll keep showing up, showing up, showing up. You know, there was this, I, used, I always used to um, go on the, this, this website, which was just news.com, right? Sounds super innocent, right? It's the news. It's where you get the weather. It's where you find out what happens in the football, right? Innocent. And what I've discovered is over the time, I'm, I'm looking at this news site and it's not news. It's what's happening in Hollywood. It's, oh, you'll never guess what this happened here or it will be how to uh, please your boyfriend and da-da-da-da-da or it will be how to have true fulfilment in, you know, with four people in a relationship. And you're like, I just want the news. Like, where do I find the weather? You know what I mean? Um, and it's, that's the thing. It's like it's out there. It's always out there. I don't know if you guys watch Netflix, right? And I don't know what um, – how what your parents are with that but that is something you have to work, look at putting on boundaries because like sometimes mm. I, I've mm. sat down with Grace and we've watched you know a, a show and we and, and first five minutes well whoa turn that off it's like that's that's not even that's not even MA that's like miles and like that is just normal now yeah that is normal yeah. so we need to make sure purity of heart and mind it says in Matthew 5 mm. um, 27 to 28 uh, you have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. Now, adultery is sex before marriage, and that is referring or sex with another person's wife. Um, but that, that, that's referring to the Ten Commandments of Moses in the Old Testament. Mm. But it says, but I tell you that anyone who has looked at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery in his heart. Mm. So we've got to be careful, like, what our true intentions are with people. Mm. You know what I mean? And, and we are imperfect and it's about walking a line of holiness holiness is not rules holiness is that we always make sure that our actions point to jesus that we are actually christian like christians that um not live the way of the world but actually live the way he's called us to live and that and, and it's a very hard line to walk and there are so many things out there that want to trip you up and you'll be pressured and, and, but it's about yet again, back to the setting the boundaries, having a vision, sticking to that because when the moment comes or when, when your feelings come, it's amazing how persuasive your mm -hmm. feelings can be. It can distort a whole situation. Yeah. Whereas you have a yeah. clear vision, you can always go back to that. Mm -hmm. And then the last bit is um, 
staying clear of temptation, which is a bit more of a practical thing. So um, when you are, for example, um, if you're asking the question, how close can I get before it's wrong, then you're already gone too far because you're like, how close can I get to the line? That's not the heart of what we're called to. And that's not, that's a really bad way to go about um, sex in general. How close can I get before it's, you know, like technically what is the sin? You know what I mean? And it's like, that's the wrong attitude altogether. You've already, like as I was saying before, when it gets to lust, you're already there. Mm -hmm. So it's about practical things. So it could be if you're in a relationship um, and you're, you you know, for example, when when we were dating, we had this rule that we we wouldn't stay at another person's house past 12 o'clock, right? That was one of our rules. And if everyone went to bed, we went home. So if everyone went to bed at 10 o'clock, Grace would go home or I would go home, making sure keeping accountable in that. Uh, It may be that um, if your parents go out and you're home alone, that you, you give them your phone and your iPad so you're not looking at anything inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Like setting yourself up to win. Sometimes you physically have to give, you know, whatever the temptation, like whatever is there, yeah. give it yeah. to someone to take it away. Yeah. Um, instead of going, I'll, you know, I'll, sh- I'll be all right. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when Grace and I were f- first dating, my, my dad, um, we always just go down the coast, right, that Christmas time. And my dad is is not a Christian. Uh, well, he doesn't go to church. I don't know where he is. He's my 10-year plan. I'm trying to win him to Christ. Um, he's on my hit list. And um, we went to the coast, right? And it was weird to my dad. My dad was like, all right, weird, but uh, you, you're, you guys, whatever. And the, what it was is we went down, we went camping and Grace had her own tent, right? It's not that weird. But my dad's like, that's weird. You guys are in a committed relationship. We weren't married at the time. I think we were engaged. But mm-hmm. that's the thing is like not even having the temptation, just yeah. not even like making sure that even if you are doing the right thing, looking like you're doing the right thing. You know what I mean? So nothing can be taken out of context. So, yeah, we had to set up a tent. Grace was on the other side. Me and Nico, used to, we shared the tent on the other side. Yeah, how romantic. And, um, <laughs> you know, and, and we went camping and that's just how it was. But we were really strict with the rules because, um, you know, when I saw first time I was, yet again, I met Grace at church. Um, we started dating at youth. Um, and yet again, like this youth group has made, played a massive part of our future. Mm. From from what that um, from from what we've learned from here, but it, it may be making sure you're not in an awkward position. It may be that you change the you know the um, web uh, you know browser Safari or whatever you change your browser history or whatever because we're called to as we're saying a life of holiness and that's to you know because God's plan is more fulfilling than anything that we can come up with ourselves. Uh, the person God has created for you when you get married um, is more fulfilling than anything we can kind of manufacture in our in ourself. Um, so yet again, staying clear of the temptations is just a real practical thing. Sometimes you have to be like, no, because I love you so much, we're going to have to put this in here because I value it. Yet again, the person is a gift, mm-hmm. not, not uh, something that... Um, is there to satisfy needs. Yeah. Yeah. That sure. intimacy that that last that true intimacy is what happens after marriage. Mm-hmm. And and that is such a special 
thing that you would only share that with one person in the world because that's yeah. the way it was designed. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Yeah, with with every compromise, you know, you might think, oh, just, you know, just like this one time is fine or just this one thing is fine. With every compromise, a little bit of your conscience dies. Mm. Right? So every with every compromise, next time it's going to be a little bit easier to slip up again. Next time, oh, I did it once, it's not going to matter as much if I do it again, you know? So um, that's why it's important to stay as far away from the line rather than seeing how close you can get before you accidentally cross over. Awesome. Well, we're going to keep this conversation going in a little bit. We are going to split off tonight, not into our hubs, but all of the boys in a moment. Just don't move yet, but all of the boys in a moment are going to be going to MP1. And all of the girls are going to be going into the voltage room and we are going to have a bit of time doing some Q&A. So Hamish and Joel are going to answer some of the questions that you guys submitted a couple of weeks ago and we're going to have a bit of conversation. We're also going to have a little bit of a break before we do that as well in those rooms and loosen up a bit and have some fun. But just before we do that, I just want to quickly say, if you are here tonight and you might have made some mistakes or you might have gone too far or you might have made compromises and tonight our heart is not that you would feel ashamed and not that you would feel condemned and not that you would feel like you have, that God is not on your side and that he hates you and he's rejected you. Our heart is not for anything like that, but that you would be here tonight and you would know that he loves you, that like as we sung tonight, that to be somebody you still want. That's the God he is, that no matter what you've done, no matter what compromises you've made already, you will always be somebody that he wants. You will always be somebody that he loves. And so if that's you tonight, I hope that tonight you don't feel condemned or ashamed, but that you can come to God and say, God, I'm sorry for what I've done in the past. I know that you love me. I know that you have a plan for me and I want to go, I want to follow your ways from now on. Right. And so we, we hope that um, if, if you're struggling with that tonight as well, we would love to chat with you and pray with you. So please talk to, to one of us if that is you and you're struggling with that. But know that God loves you and that there's nothing that you could do that would make him love you hmm. less. And if you're here tonight and you're a follower of Jesus, then we're just giving you the tools tonight so that you can follow hmm. his ways, not the world's ways when it comes to sex. So. Why don't you guys head off to your rooms and we will meet you out there and we will keep this conversation going. Thanks for tuning in to the Burn Youth Podcast. To stay in the loop, follow us on Instagram at Burn Youth. See you next time.